And so I didn't do it. Now that was 1999. The price was 250,000 US dollars. Bad idea. Hmm. Eight years later, at the peak of the market here in 2007, that same property sold for $765,000. Hello, fellow risk takers, and welcome to my worst investment ever, stories of loss to keep you winning. In our community, we know that to win in investing, you must take risk, but to win big, you've got to reduce it. My name is Andrew Stotts from A. Stotts Investment Research, and I'm here with featured guest Frank Payano. Frank, are you ready to rock? Yes, indeed. Yeah. I must say my, my Italian is pretty bad, so I've hacked it a bit, you know, probably in American style there for your last name. But let me just introduce you to the audience. Frank is a retired professor from Southwestern Community College. And he has been teaching his favorite course, Introduction in Investments or Introduction to Investments. And he plans on getting right back into that and helping young people to improve their financial literacy. There's many other things that he does, but I'll highlight those things. So Frank, take a minute and fill in any further tidbits about your life. Well, thank you, Andrew, for this opportunity. It's very flattering and I'm eager to help in any way I can. I've been teaching now for a million years. <laughs> Started as a computer programming teacher and mathematician, but then uh, moved my way into investments and finance after working at a brokerage firm as a programmer for part-time for a while. And I've been a broker now for over 20 years. I'm also a, an insurance agent also. And I've been teaching insurance and teaching finance and teaching specifically my favorite subject, as you said, investments. In the Introduction to Investments class, we teach the class as if the students were going to go on into the industry. The material is essentially the formation, the foundation of what is called in the United States, the Series 7 Registered Representative, aka Stockbroker exam. But that doesn't mean the students are all going to become stockbrokers. Some will decide they want to go into other financial services or just want to learn about investing. So as you said, it's my favorite class to teach and I'm very lucky to be able to go back part-time and teach it next semester, the spring. Exciting. And when, when a student, if let's just say a student attends that and they've been very diligent, they've done all the work, they've got a good grade, how prepared would they be for a series seven exam? Well, they have to do quite a bit more. There's quite a bit to the Series 7 that is, I don't want to use the word superfluous, but it's information that you would never try to remember if you, were, if you didn't have a, a textbook or some other manual to look up mm. or just yell to your supervisor or more specifically the compliance officer, what do I do now, compliance officer? So you have to memorize that. Mm. And very quickly, you forget that as soon as you pass the exam. And then there are some other parts of the exam that we just gloss over, specifically the real tricky parts about options, futures, buying on margin, shorting. So those things you need to bone up on seriously to pass the exam. But all the other information, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, short-term investments, those we we spend quite a bit of time on those and you'll be ready for that part of the exam. 
Got it. Yeah. A lot like in Asia here, you know, I'm a licensed analyst in Hong Kong and Thailand. And in both cases, you know, there's a lot of rules and regulations that you also have to know. So sometimes, for instance, I teach ethics and with the students coming in, they initially think that they could pass the ethics exam because they would be able to see right and wrong if they saw it in a question. But I always tell them that it's beyond right and wrong. It's a lot of rules, <laughs> a lot right. of rules that you have right. to know. So yeah, that makes sense. Well, now it's time to share your worst investment ever. And since no one goes into their worst investment thinking it will be, tell us a bit about the circumstances leading up to it and then tell us your story. Well, it's about 20 years ago and I was just recently a new broker and we want to set some ground rules, as you said, regarding ethics. This is regarding investing. If you're investing for the long term, that's a very different process, a very different preparation and the like than if you're speculating, or we also use the term trading, in it for the short term. And I'm sure everybody has, if they've tried trading, if they tried speculating, buying a, a small cap stock or some other very risky investment that might win big, but probably won't. Everybody who's tried it sure has at least one or two. I certainly have one buying a hot biotech company based here in San Diego. I went to the annual meeting, $11.88 and selling it for 30 cents. <laughs> but I'm more interested in long-term investments. And one of the things we do our best to get the students to understand is that you have to invest. You have to get in the game, especially if you're young. By simply putting money away in a savings account or maybe a, some kind of a whole life insurance policy, very, very safe, you're going to lose tremendous opportunity cost. So this is one of those worst investments that I made, something I didn't do. At the time, I was putting as much as I could into uh, stocks through our um, 403B, which is like a 401k, a employee, employer-sponsored retirement plan. And along just to down the street, not same block, just a, about five, six houses down, a duplex became available for a fairly reasonable price. And I thought to myself, you know what? This is a pretty good deal. Maybe my wife and I should get into real estate because she had been yelling at me for some time. When I first met her, she was terrified of stocks. It took me a while to get her to, to feel comfortable investing in the stock market. And I thought, well, you know, if I did that, I'd have to decrease the amount I'm putting in through my 403B and who knows and who being a landlord, it can be a problematic certainly. And so I didn't do it. Now that was 1999. The price was 250,000 US dollars. Bad idea. Hmm. Eight years later at the peak of the market here in 2007, that same property sold for $765,000. Ouch. So the worst investment I ever made is an investment I never made. And here's the worst part, Andrew. 
you make a dumb investment, you lose a couple thousand, maybe a lot more than a couple thousand, you sell it, you're gonna quickly forget about it. Our brains are wired to forget unpleasant experiences. And that's why maybe you have a hard time getting people to get on your show and discuss their worst investment because they don't want to remember it. Right. Every time I walk down the block, I see that duplex and I'm reminded of how chicken I was and how I should have, coulda, woulda, shoulda. But in reality, I didn't lose a dime mm. because I didn't put any money down. But therein lies what I believe is a very important lesson for the young folks and for the old folks, depending on their time horizon, their risk tolerance. You need to make a choice. You do need to invest. Mm. And you know, assuming the world doesn't end, if you choose carefully, wisely, with companies that have a long history in good times and bad, have the roots deep in the economy, you're going to do well. Yep. Yep. Unless the world ends and then it doesn't you, really matter where you, your money yeah, is. You won't do well. <laughs> yeah. Let me ask you a question about it. What happened after the crash? What do you estimate the value of that house went to from 765,000? 765, you know, I didn't. That's an interesting question because I didn't really follow my neighborhood. Mm -hmm. We turned our attention to the neighborhoods around Southwestern Community College, which are yep. a different part of the county, different part of our San Diego area. but some of them fell over 50%, mm. 60, 70%, some of them. It was just insane how much they fell right. because the price had just skyrocketed. Our area, I'm going to guess that it went down to under 500,000. Yep. yep. But yep. since the market here has zoomed back and now that house probably would go for 1.2 million because uh. our next door neighbor's house went for 1.25 million a year ago in uh, February. So okay. it's, been, it's been absolutely insane. Don't come to Southern California. Just <laughs> unless you have lots of money, it exactly. is, it's insane what has happened to housing prices here. So, and commercial real estate's even worse. So if you were to list out, you know, what, what lessons did you learn from this? Or what one lesson did you learn from this? Again, you have to choose. You have to do your research. If you need help, find somebody like Andrew or some other person you trust, get a good referral or take Business 123, Introduction to Investments and learn about how to value individual securities, how to research mutual funds, how to look for real estate and make your choice. Mm, Don't. Don't give up. I mean, don't say, mm -hmm. oh, I, I, I messed up this one time. I'm never going to do it again. Diversify and you'll make some mistakes. But yep. assuming the world doesn't end, we should do well. Great. Okay. And uh, let me summarize what I took away from your story and let me know if I missed anything. I'm going to come at it from a little bit of a different angle, particularly because I think some of your students will probably be listening. And so... What I want to highlight is the concept of alternative outcomes. It's natural that, you know, this is a great story of something that's very focused in your mind, particularly because it's in your neighborhood. And what we don't realize is that there are many potential alternative outcomes. So, you know, on the one hand, we could say that you would have bought it and held it and possibly sold it at 765 or maybe even sold it at 1.2 million. But on the other hand, you could have bought it 
and had some other particular problem and then had trouble with the bank and then, you know, have to deal with, you know, other complications that came from that house. In fact, a, a guest that I just interviewed earlier had bought a house and everything was great. They worked well with that house. They sold it and then they bought it back and then the whole thing fell apart. I mean, massively. So I think it's important to always remember that there's alternative outcomes when we look and, and kind of kick ourselves for not doing, you know, what, what we thought that we should have done because we're predicting what would have been the outcome. And I think the other lesson that I take from it is, you know, and this is something I'm sure, Frank, that you tell your students is the idea that many things are going up by 100% or 1,000% around us, you know, all around the world, whether that's art, whether that's a building, whether that's a home, whether that's a stock. And, you know, just accept the fact that missing something is you're missing so much every single day. It just happens that <laughs> if you hadn't even known about this house, you didn't even know about it. Would it have gone up by a thousand percent or whatever? Yeah, it still would have gone up. But when we know about it, we focus on that one thing. So I think that the, there's kind of two things that I, I'm not able to really articulate it very well, but the idea that there's alternative outcomes. So don't forget, <laughs> you may think that, oh, if that had worked out, it would have been great. No, if it worked out, it could have been actually a terrible thing. You just don't know. And then the other thing is this idea that there's many things going up around around us. And so don't fixate too much on any one thing. So any thoughts on those observations? Well, you've given me a wonderful idea. Now, when I walk past or drive by, I will create a narrative. Whereas we did buy it and it turned out to be a horrible investment. The tenants were tenants from hell. The bank was the bank from hell and everything turned into a pool of tears. So that'll make me feel better. No, well, no, I'm teasing. I, actually, <laughs> if you listen to the interview that I'll, I'll have soon posted is with Michelle Russell, you will listen to an exact story of what could have gone wrong with your tenant that would have cost you to spend almost double of what you put into the house. Ooh. And it came out of the blue to a real estate expert. So, you know, I think you should come up with some fun <laughs> narratives as you walk down the street. And I'll, I'll give you a hint. 25 dogs, 15 cats. Ooh. The stench of urine. Just the stench of animal urine as you walk by. Just kind of bring that wafting out. Ooh. And that could help you to destroy your, your current narrative. <laughs> yes. Well said. Yeah. So, yes. well, fantastic. So let's now wrap it up then for the listeners out there. Let's just imagine that, you know, I kind of want to think about it. I want to think about it in, there's two ways that we could think about this. We could think about, you know, what I'm trying to get to is my, what I call actionable advice. We could think about this actionable advice at the time of the opportunity. We could also think about actionable advice after you've missed the opportunity, which is, you know, those are two kind of different points in time in your story. But let me ask you the question and let you answer it however you want. Based upon what you've learned from this story and what you continue to learn, what one action would you recommend our listeners take to avoid suffering the same fate? Well, again, I would say you need to get in the game. You need to do your research or find a competent, someone, advisor you can trust, get a good referral, 
and you need to make an investment. Whether, as you said, there's so many different choices, but most people are going to have a job with an employer-sponsored plan, a 401k, a 403b, or we have what's called the traditional and the Roth IRAs in the United States. If you go that route, or real estate, if you learn as much as you can about investing in real estate, or whatever alternative investment that you're interested in, although those are the biggies, right? And do your research or get a good, get a good referral and start investing for the long term. And as everybody needs to do, get their pants on in the morning, go to work, make our economy, our world, our global economy great, and we'll all be well-fed, well-clothed, well-sheltered, have good internet access, and our investments should do well too. Amen. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if you follow Frank's advice, you won't end up on my show 20 years later telling us that your worst investment ever was putting your money in a bank account every month. So get in the game. But most importantly, like Frank said, do your research, maybe get someone to help you, but get in the game. So last question, what's your number one goal for the next 12 months? Ooh, that's, that's a good question. We, we discussed that a bit. As you said, I've, I'm recently retired and it's been a bit of adjustment because I really miss teaching. I get to go back part-time, but my wife and I have been working on our garden and I'm hoping to join this subscription service where I can fly anywhere in Mexico from our sister city, Tijuana, which is the airport's right across the border, for $31 a month. One Crazy. round trip ticket every month. I'm certainly hoping I can do that. Yo quiero ir de vacaciones todos los meses en México. Wow. I hope, I hope to be able to vacation in Mexico every month. That's fantastic. And for the listeners out there who are working at airlines, take that to your boss. Hey, let's do a subscription service every month. I love the idea. I've never heard of it. So we have a low cost airline in Asia that's very well known, Air Asia. So maybe maybe they already have it, but there's some some good good stuff. Well, listeners, there you have it. Another story of loss to keep you winning. To find more stories like this, previous episodes, and resources to help you reduce your risk, visit myworstinvestmentever.com. And as we end, Frank, I want to thank you again for coming on the show. I know it's painful talking about our losers, but our listeners are learning to win as a result. Do you have any parting words for the audience? Again, thank you, Andrew. It's been a very good experience. I'm very flattered again. And best, best luck and success to all your listeners and to you. Amen. Well, thank you for that. Well, that's a wrap on another great episode to help us create, grow, and most importantly, protect our wealth. Fellow risk takers, I'll see you on the upside.